This is Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. So, hi, I'm Ariana Joy Cobbler, and I'm here with Mr. Kent Pavelka, and he is currently the uh, voice of Husker Hoops men's basketball, which is really exciting. And he's going to be able to talk to us about his career and some things that he had witnessed basically being part of the broadcasting world for now decades, which is really, really cool. So Kent, do you want to kind of introduce yourself and kind of give a brief introduction of who you are and why you're so cool? <laughs> <laughs> well, that Part is uh, is uh, is not fact necessarily. It's it's opinion. But um, no, I I'm a native Nebraskan. I grew up in Lincoln and went to went to school in, in Lincoln Northeast High School. Uh, went on to go the, to the University of Nebraska. Uh, majored in in broadcast journalism. So you know I'm you're you're where I was at one time. And I identified early on in my life that th- this what I'm doing now and what I've done for a long time is is what I wanted to do. You know, and in the back of my mind, I thought the cool thing would be not only to be able to do that, but to be like the voice of the Huskers. And here we are. I was very fortunate to be able to be at the, in the right place at the right time to get the, the opportunity. And I tell people kind of jokingly that it, the key to doing what I have done, which is to be in the same market all this time, is be good enough to, to, that anybody else offers you a job, you know. So um, it's a joke. I think. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I, well, time goes by so fast and, and here I am all these, all these years later, still doing the same thing. So I kind of touched on it, but you've had a very widespread career doing a bunch of different sports, particularly when you did football and basketball now. Um, but you've also worked like just regular radio stations. Um, one thing that I thought was pretty cool was You actually started in Fremont, which obviously is not a huge market. Can you kind of travel back in time and talk to me about how you started off in such a small little town and how you grew from that? Well, when I was a senior graduating from UNL, the the broadcast journalism department uh, helped us to try to get jobs. And I interviewed with, with a number of people at that time, and it just so happened that the radio station in Fremont was looking for someone to do a, a, a combination of things, which included uh, selling time, doing a morning show, and uh, they needed someone to do play-by-play and, and for their local high schools and Midland College at the time, now Midland University. I thought when I had that opportunity, that would be a a tremendous way to start in this business. And I, so I did, and I did a lot of, a lot of high school games in Fremont at KHUB, uh, the radio station and uh, Midland university games and, and Legion baseball games. And then I was in the right place at the right time. About three years later, I had met some people at KFAB in Omaha, which is a 50,000 watt, you know, big signal radio station. And they were broadcasting Nebraska football and basketball and uh, they uh, reached out to me. They had they had they heard of me or knew of me, and um, I took a job there three years after I started in Fremont. And I've been at I was at KFAB starting in 1974, and I stayed there for 28 years. 
but I, I started doing basketball and football that first season in 1974, and it's 50 years later now. Uh, now, there were some years in there where I, I was not the play-by-play voice at Nebraska. We There was a rights, you know, broadcast rights issue, and the, the KFAB lost the rights, and somebody else got it, and so I was on the sidelines. But they brought me back to do basketball. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I had an opportunity – to do a morning show at KFAB. I was the program director slash operations manager. I got a lot of management stuff, uh, opportunities there, and along with the football and the basketball. So uh, it's kind of a long, convoluted story, but, you know, that, that encompasses a lot of years, too. So yeah. that's in a nutshell what it was or what it's been. So my next question is, um, you transitioned from a color commentator to the play-by-play announcer for Husker football and basketball. So obviously those two jobs have very different reasonings behind them and there's different approaches. Um, what was something that you kind of had to adjust when you made the switch? Well, I, I started out doing basketball play-by-play mm-hmm. that first 1974, but for 10 years I was the – the number two guy in the football booth with a, a legend at the time, a guy that did football for 46 years. And, and so I was the color color commentator, the analyst, if you will, uh, for 10 years. And so that was really, really a test for me. That was really uh, um, frustrating because I wanted to, I wanted his job. <laughs> you know, I wasn't really interested in, 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 in doing the color. I wanted to be in the booth at Nebraska describing on the radio those football games and so I just had to bide my time you know and I did my best this guy uh, that I worked with was kind of similar to the way I do play-by-play which is in radio I always believe that um, the second guy the the, or or, or gal whatever the second person in the booth who's the color person or the or the or the analyst in radio can get in the way of the play-by-play guy describing the action really important for the play-by-play person to dominate so you can paint that mental picture in the mind's eye of the listener so um you know that was part of the frustration of doing color for 10 years was i didn't get to talk very much Mm. and i was kind of intimidated by this guy anyway i mean he was just just bigger than life person but i you know i i I was doing basketball that whole time play-by-play and color with him and i just bided my time and he retired and when he retired I got the job. Okay. So coming, going off of that, you've definitely called a lot of memorable calls and games throughout your career. Do you have anything that's like specific or kind of ties in well with something that you find very memorable to your career? Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, the first thing that pops to mind are the, the most, um, meaningful games you know for for the football program and basketball program i i think my the thing that i'll never forget was when we i broadcast the first my first national championship game in football uh in 95 uh the previous year 1994 and then that was the 95 orange bowl and when i say 95 it was the 96 orange bowl and 95 that was the you know the january um but we had played Florida State after the 94 season, and if we had won, it would have been a national championship. Lost the game. But the following year, we in 95, after the 95 season, 
uh, we played Miami in the Orange Bowl, and everybody in the country thought Miami was going to wipe the floor with us, and we beat them. And so that whole game, especially in the closing minutes, knowing uh, that it had been 21 years since Nebraska won a national championship, and I was there on, on the air describing it, was just kind of a surreal. It was a surreal moment inside that broadcast. And then the following year, we won another one. And uh, that year, uh, we beat Florida State. I mean, excuse me, Florida really, really badly. And that culminated in an undefeated season. So back-to-back national championship broadcasts in football. And then in basketball, there have been, you know, the program has has suffered through, mm-hmm. I think, a, a an image uh, problem. I mean, the, the Nebraska basketball has been better than people give it credit for, give them credit for, but uh, they never won any national championships mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or conference championships, but there've been individual games that have been so huge, uh, you know, similar, similar kinds of emotional moments. Uh, we had a game 10 years ago against Wisconsin and it was at Pinnacle Bank Arena, and Nebraska had to win it to get to, into the NCAA tournament, and the place was full, and it was called No Sit Sunday. Somebody said, let's let's have everybody show up, and nobody sits. That's how much we want to get into it. <laughs> I'm telling you, 15,000 people did not sit down, yeah. and, and Nebraska won and got into the tournament. And then this year, you know, the, the win over Purdue, similar mm-hmm. kind of environment, and then the win over Wisconsin, yeah. similar kind environment we won an nit championship uh, you know the, the secondary tournament and one and one of that that in new york city that was a that was a huge uh, broadcast in my memory and then uh, that's previous year uh we won the big eight postseason tournament championship so those are moments you know because of the significance of the games that uh, were significant broadcasts in my in my career yeah I completely agree with you about basketball as a whole, and especially with like NU basketball and how people perceive it. I do think that there's been kind of a shift, especially within the last year. So what do you think? So we've talked a lot about your past, but now let's talk about your present and like what's going on now as the basketball play-by-play and being the voice of men's hoops. How do you find kind of joy within (laughs) calling for the play-by-play and um, just being there and being part of that? Well, it's uh, that's a multi, I mean, that, that question uh, elicits a lot of different thoughts and, and, and pieces to the answer. I mean, for whatever reason, like I said earlier, kind of facetiously, I've hung around long enough that people think I'm like something. And so, you know, all these years later and this season combined, it's like, um, Hey, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Well, why the attention now, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's like an artist, you gotta have, you gotta have a good, you have to have good subject matter. So I've had these great games to call this year, you know, and, and then situations that, I mean, the, the fans are behind this team. Can they possibly even compete with Purdue? Yeah, you beat them by – we beat them by 16 points. So everybody's in on this emotionally, right? And um, even though the games are on television, people still manage to hear some of the radio audio. And I think that maybe to some degree what I do 
uh, feels a lot like the fans feel. Yeah. You know, when they hear the game on the radio or the replay, it, it, it brings out from them, uh, from within, the same emotions they feel. So I think that's uh, that's what this season has been about, really, uh, is, 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 is witnessing, kind of observing this, uh, this, this, this great fan base getting on board and, and connecting with them somehow yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense. Yeah, of course it does. So when you say you're observing um, kind of this evolution, what do you think is kind of like the golden ticket to why so many people are coming out nowadays? Well, I think it's similar to the, the paradigm when Nebraska years and years and decades ago uh, Nebraska was in the big eight conference. And I'm, you know, I have to explain this stuff because I falsely assume people your of your, your age even can relate because it's been way before you were born. But, uh, you know, there were, there were these decades when Tom Osborne was the head football coach and Nebraska was a really, really good program, but they weren't as good as Oklahoma. Oklahoma mm-hmm. would always, always somehow, be the better program in the big eight conference. So there was this, there was this collective emotional, um, you know, fan base. And it was like trying to scale to the top of the mountain, you know, and you just could never get there. And finally you did. And that's kind of what this basketball season is about in terms of uh, just getting to the NCAA tournament again after 10 years and then maybe winning a game, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and and the fans appreciate the struggle, and they feel like they're part of the struggle, you know, and that's what's so cool about it, I think. Yeah, I think there's definitely a reason why we almost always win when we're there at home. I think the fan base is a big part of that. So I do think overall the fan base has a part within the team, and that goes for football as well and, like, any other sport. So, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything else that you would like to add? No, I, I just appreciate you uh, wanting to talk to me. Of course. <laughs> well, I appreciate you wanting to spend some time with me and just talking about you and what you're currently doing, as well as some things that you've done in the past. Um, but I look forward to hearing your calls. And I am almost always at the game, and I love seeing your reactions to things. And I always sit right across from you in the student section. So I always see you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, wave next time. Yeah, of course I will. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.